Over the last three years on this podcast, guests on so many episodes have reminded me that when the trials of life weigh us down, meditating on our great salvation helps restore our joy. This is always a great reminder, and it's also the theme of a conference coming up June 16 to 18 in Indianapolis. Remember Your Joy is the theme of the Gospel Coalition's 2022 Women's Conference, and speakers like Jackie Hill Perry, Jen Wilkin, and John Piper will help you consider how seven Old Testament stories point to our greater salvation in Christ and lead us to greater joy. Learn more about the conference and register soon at tgc.org slash tgcw22. And be sure to use the code in the word 20, that's in the word and then the numbers two zero, to get a discount on your tickets. This is In the Word on the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word on the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm so glad to welcome to the podcast my friend Marty Sweeney. Marty is the executive director of Matthias Media and has served with Matthias Media in North America since 2006. He's also a pastor of training and resourcing at Old North Church in Canfield, Ohio, where he oversees an apprenticeship program and small groups ministry. He is the co-author with Tony Payne of The Small Group and the Vine and lives in Ohio with his wife, Abby, and their four children. And I'm really glad you're here, Marty. It's good to talk with you again. What passage do you have for us today? Uh, thank you, Champ. I'm honored to, to be here. And yeah, it's great to share the word of God and what God's doing in, in my life with others. The passage I have is from the book of Titus, the small book of Titus uh, in the New Testament. I love chapter two, verses 11 through 14, but just really focus on the first few verses in that section there. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I love God's word. I'm glad that we can read a handful of verses. We're going to focus in on part of it, but this really yeah. does set the context nicely. So let's zero in on what you want to talk about from this passage today. If you were to take the message that you want to communicate from these verses, what would that sound like? Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's so much to unpack here, but just the, the, the thing at the beginning there that just reminds us of the great New Testament call that we are saved by grace alone. But that grace also not just saves us, but it trains us. And I love those two words there in verse 11 and 12. Salvation has come by grace, and it also comes to train us. And that's the message, right? That the grace doesn't just say, hey, you're forgiven. It, grace says, hey, you've been given a whole new way of life and a whole purpose of life and a whole new motivation to live a godly life. And that's because of God's grace. And that is just wonderfully freeing and motivating at the same time that this little book that I, I remember when I first read Titus years ago, I heard someone preach on it, actually. 
Um, I don't think I ever read it, yet alone study it. And then this little nugget, this summary of this great gospel call that God's grace saves us and trains us. Uh, I love it. It just sticks out. And I think in a very unique way, it's worded uh, compared to anywhere else in the New Testament. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, right, that's what I've been taught, that grace saves us. Is that not enough? Why do I need more? I mean, it's saved by grace alone. Yeah, no, thank you. That's a great. And that's why I love the whole passage there. Again, not to dwell too much on the other parts, which some, I really much encourage the listeners to go read that passage and dwell on it. But that what we're saved from and saved for is listed in the passage there. We're saved from lawlessness. We're saved from worldly passions and ungodliness. And we're saved for the blessed hope that we're waiting for, Jesus Christ. We're saved for these good works that we're to be zealous for. So I don't think it really salvation hit me until I was told at that point, at some point that we're not just thinking about what we saved from, but we're saved for. And so, of course, grace saves us and grace alone. But we've also been given a much greater way, a much better way to live. And that's what we're saved for. And so this passage just lays out those two aspects of our salvation really well. So grace isn't just the the front door into the family of God. It yeah. really covers every room in the house that we live in and serve in. Yeah, and it and it sets me free. I, I think the law actually has a wonderful spot in our lives, but in terms of a motivating factor, this passage hits it well that grace appeared, Jesus Christ appeared, hmm. and by his appearing in his way with us, it trains us to live this way. And so it's that the rest of the New Testament talks about, you know, in one sense, you have a new way. Um, it was there in the old way, but not quite as clear or how you want to say it, but very clearly now this new way of love for Christ and out of that love, we love others as we're called to do. And so that grace just melts our hearts and our minds so that we say, if God appeared to do this for us, how can I not do all my life for him? So I want to ask you how this verse relates to your ministry to adults at church, but then also to your ministry with your own family at home. So let's go to church first. You are a pastor of training, and this verse talks about training. So, yeah. Marty, take a minute and just explain how you see this verse influencing what you do in your training and resourcing ministry at church. Yeah, so I think what it does is it's encouraging and challenging. It's encouraging when I bring this passage up, as I have recently with people, for them to know that we are in process. Of course, we're not lowering standards. We're not saying, hey, it's okay just to keep on in sin. But it's really encouraging to people who really are battling sin and battling the world and battling their flesh to see that it is a process, that grace saves us, a singular uh, event that has happened. But it's also an ongoing present way that we can, um, we're ongoing in process that just like training for a sport, training in a hobby, training physical activity, it's an ongoing thing. And so that old, you know, adage, and I know I won't get it right, but, you know, I'm not the man that I once was, and I'm not the man I want to be, but, you know, I, I am the man who I am now uh, because I'm in process. I've been training by God's grace. So it's very encouraging that for people to see, okay, I have space to grow and I need to grow, but it's also challenging to say grace does have an active role in our lives to train us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. You know, grace, grace alone saves me, but I think we could apply that same adage, you know, grace is never alone in terms of it just saves me. It also trains me. So it's encouraging to help, help people understand who are battling sin. Keep going because this is a training event your whole life. 
but it's also challenging to say, say never rest in your laurels that you are saved by grace alone. And ah, that's all this passage, I think does a really good job in just a few short verses of putting that all together. So it's grace at the beginning of our Christian lives. It's grace throughout our Christian lives. We are saved by grace. We serve by grace. And we're going to finish the race by grace alone. That's yeah. really so, so helpful. But let's switch gears to family now. So you got your kids at home and you are going to talk to them about these verses. What does that sound like? Yeah, it's the same way I'm trying to preach to myself is that I want my heart to change inside, my mind and heart to change, to then change my externals. Because... I know as a dad, it's so easy to get into kind of the list of rules. And, you know, as long as they're checklisting their lives and not doing these things and doing these things that, hey, we're okay. And what this does is it, it goes to the inside out and says, we're not just trying to do these things because we should or shouldn't. We're doing these things because we are being transformed. We're being trained to know that it's God's grace that makes us want to live godly lives, not just a set of external rules. And of course, we're getting into a much bigger topic biblically about the external internal law and all that. But I think very simply with my children, I'm trying to help them to say, let's look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews, right? And look to him. And as we look to him, let's continue to work on striving towards godliness that's what I want. I want Christ to be the focus as our change agent and not only external achievements as such. Yeah, the grace of God, we might think it's going to lead us to just do whatever we want, but actually the true grace of God leads us to follow Christ. And that's just good yeah. news from start to finish. So Marty, thank you so much for pointing us to these verses in Titus chapter two and for being with us today. Can you just close your time in prayer by asking the Lord to continue to pour out his grace on all of us? Yeah, thanks, champ. Precious Father, we do thank you uh, for this time, and we thank you that your word is alive and active and piercing us and encouraging us and challenging us, and may that happen, Lord, as we dwell on Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, or anywhere else that um, we may be in today. We also, Lord, ask that your word will stick with us and train us and to encourage us to, to renounce the ways of the flesh, to renounce uh, our temptations to give in, and to joyfully, for the prize set before us, uh, that's Jesus Christ, to continue to strive towards godliness and what he set us free for. Please use your word in a, a good and mighty way in us and through us for many others, Lord. And we pray this in your son's great name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.